Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome one, welcome all. And yes, I want you to listen to the Tortillas and Takes podcast presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan that is of a team that has 12 wins going to the national championships every year. They just love to talk about all the success that your program has had. Well, then you're probably not a Texas tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week and, and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas tech fan. So come along and party with us here at tortillas and takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and as, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are talking about not the men's bracket, because we talked about that a little bit on Monday. We'll actually be talking more about that coming up on Thursday, right before all the brackets kick off, but... Today, it's time to talk about the women because the Kansas women made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're actually an eight seed this year, so it's going to be fantastic to actually have them back in the tournament, hopefully making a run, although it's going to be a little difficult for them to do it. But to talk about the women's tournament as a whole, but also focus in on this Kansas coming back to the show as she does whenever we want to talk women's basketball, because unfortunately, I don't know a lot of people that can talk women's basketball intelligently. It is Jamie Steyer Johnson, the, uh, let's see, color analyst for the ISU women's broadcast. And of course, my fellow co-host over on the 1012 podcast, Jamie, how are you doing today? I am great. I am in the middle of another marathon of a day. I just got done recording my own show with Cyclone Family. We've got an episode to record tonight with Philip at the 1012. And then obviously it's March Madness. So there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. I'm going to a first four game tomorrow. I've got t-shirts to make, like, you know, betting, betting stuff to follow. It's just, you know, kind of bouncing off the walls a little bit, but in a good way. I mean, this isn't any different than any normal March Madness. They, they call it March Madness for a reason, not just because what happens on the court, but because how crazy everybody goes around this time covering it all, right? 
think I've I've certainly dove in on more than usual this year, though. Like, no, this is I, my first time I having agree. my own show, <laughs> and now I'm your go-to. So, you know, plus all my own whatever extracurricular stuff that I've been doing. So, but it, yeah, it's in the absolute best way possible. No, I feel exactly the same way because I am not used to having, or I'm not used to having the privilege of talking about women's basketball at this point of the year because normally Kansas is done at this point. So it's nice to like, hopefully this is a trend that continues where Kansas, we're talking about Kansas and the NCAA tournament, you know, every year for the next few years, but uh, you're in a really good spot to be pursuing that dream. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually talked about that the last time you were on with with how everyone is is set up on this roster. The Brandon Schneider finally appears to have it, you know, moving in the right direction with enough momentum that you expect them to actually be better next year. I've than heard. I've heard some interesting names specific name i heard maybe a rumor i think ashley chevalier that left texas went on a visit to kansas i believe she posted that which that would be like <sighs> unreal but i'm sure that you'll hear a lot of those rumblings in the off season of people hitting the transfer portal and looking at kansas like now that that's a destination if i want to put myself if i want to help put a team on the map that's where i'm going yeah you know what it's weird because i think we we're going from the last few years of where you would just never hear about it because honestly, not many people cared like about who was coming in. There was a lot and, of investment that needed to yeah. be made or, or I should say those that were coming in weren't big enough names for, to really move the needle outside right. of Lawrence. Um, but most people that were in Lawrence, it just, it didn't necessarily move the needle. I think now Kansas has done enough this year and is big enough program like as they really should be like, you know, can't basketball at Kansas, whether it's men or women's side should be a good program. Right. That, that now it moves the needle enough that people nationally are starting to pay attention that some of those bigger names that would be transferring are going to start looking at Kansas. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, looking forward to having to deal with all of that fun stuff that goes along with it. But you know what? Uh, it's, I, I see it as more content, more things that I can talk about, more things yeah. to really enjoy at this point and, and more things for you guys to listen to. So I'll be thrilled to talk about that with you in the off season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So, so this, this tournament bracket came out. I know mm-hmm. you had some very strong thoughts about something, especially <laughs> Iowa state related about this bracket, but I, I want to get your, your general thought about the bracket as a whole, because we talk about this all the time on the men's side about how, you know, the bracket, like, it seems like they have a narrative built in that they want to get to, or they, you know, do like, all kinds of shenanigans. I, I, I get the feeling that in some instances, it's similar on the women's side. Sometimes it's actually worse with like certain programs. Um, what was your overall feeling of the bracket this year? You know, it's interesting because looking at it, I've been kind of struggling because you know, you've got people talking about, hey, you know, who's going to win the national championship, blah, blah, blah. And for so long, your answer was like one of two people. Generally, you could make a pretty good guess at what team. And yet this year is so wide open that I look at so many different routes to the tournament and I'm really intrigued by it. Definitely the committee set up some really interesting matchups. You know, you've got UCF and Florida as a 7-10 game in the first round. Like you set up some interstate rivalry situations there. And then you just look at some of the teams that are really on some rolls from some of the smaller conferences in the country 
Um, you know, if you look at a Big 12 example, Oklahoma's matched up with IUPUI, which I mentioned on our live show. But there, I mean, they've really got a heck of a program. And so for a team like Oklahoma, where usually the, the bigger programs thrive off of, you know, we have those power five size posts um, that usually can kind of set you apart from some of the smaller programs. And that's not something that Oklahoma really has. I'm really intrigued by that. And then obviously you talk narratives. It's really different on the women's side because the top 16 seeds do host. And so they have that advantage built in. But then once you get past that, you have, I'll say a couple, maybe specifically one program that's going to get the benefit of being placed really close to home. There's no universe in which UConn doesn't get placed in the Bridgeport region if they can all at all make it happen. And so it's not surprising. But again, if you're NC State and you're thinking, I want to go to the Final Four and you're basically playing an away game, if it goes chalk all the way through that part of the bracket, not ideal but then again it is what it is so I don't know it'll be really interesting I think that there's going to be a lot of really great matchups this this has all the makings for the best March Madness we've seen in women's basketball for a really 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 long time and honestly of all of the first round games I'm not even just saying this because of the show Kansas and Georgia Tech is one of the most interesting to me yeah, I mean, it's it's close enough and kind of up in the air enough that what you've seen from both of these teams this year, that is going to be an interesting game for a neutral observer. Um, you know, we just happen to actually care a whole lot about it as well here. So that's absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those that's fairly interesting. Kind of to your point about the whole, you know, Connecticut being in Bridgeport. We actually saw something similar for the men back when Kansas got shipped out west and had to play UCLA in the Elite Eight for a chance to go to the Final Four in a year where it was just like, wait, really? You did that to Kansas? Like, it happens, unfortunately, quite a bit when there is a regional that's literally, like, on your doorstep. Um, there's not a whole lot they can do about it because they do. I'm like, it is it is one of the bracket principles that they do try to keep people as close geographically as they possibly can, right? And so, like, yes, it makes sense for, for UConn to go to Bridgeport. They wouldn't – the only reason they wouldn't go to Bridgeport is if they – you know, if someone else, it was super close for them as well that was higher on that particular seed line. So, like, it, it, it definitely makes sense that UConn is probably going to get there, you know, unless they just weren't good one year, in which case, you know, whatever. Um, that Like, like that's ever actually ever, ever going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is one of those things where, like, they want to protect the one from facing a four that, you know, would have geographical advantage potentially. Um, but one and two, they really don't care. And they've shown that right. consistently on both the men and the women's side. So it's not like that's a, like a huge up in arms about that sort of thing. You, you kind of figured that was probably going to happen anyway. Um, it's not really any different than if you were like the last number one and they were the first number two or you flipped them and you were still going to be in the same location. It's really not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. So, um, I'm not necessarily so concerned about that. There are some other interesting matchups. Um, for example, the, the BYU Villanova one kind of jumps out to me a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, potentially, you know, well, one about to be a big 12 school in BYU. Yes. Villanova, I think a lot of people were surprised they actually got in, but I think they, they match up fairly well against BYU. That should be an interesting game. I do agree with you though. I think that Kansas Georgia Tech is probably like the game to circle. If you're not a fan of one of those teams, that's going to be an interesting game. That is going to be at 630, uh, on Friday. 
on ESPNU, I believe. So if you have not already made plans to tune in, it's an off day for Kansas in the NCAA tournament, in the men's side. So you can watch the men on Thursday, completely destroy a 16 seed. Then you can watch Kansas on Friday. You know, the, the women hopefully get past Georgia Tech. Then Kansas on Saturday, you know, demolish whoever they play, hopefully. I'm, I'm going to knock on wood now because that, that needs to happen. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't want to jinx it. And then hopefully Kansas gets a shot at Stanford to, to potentially, you know, make it out to the Sweet 16. That would be a huge upset, I think, if it happens just because Stanford is so highly rated. Um, but, you know, Kansas has shown the ability to play with some of the best teams. I mean, you know, they almost beat Baylor twice. So, like, the fact that they have the ability to play with those better teams means that you catch them on the right night and Kansas could have an, opp- an, an opportunity to do that. Um I am curious, though, like the rest of the Big 12, before we focus in on Kansas and what they have to deal with here, um, looking at the rest of the Big 12, I, I mean, I, I think that for the most part, they got fairly good draws, with the exception of, you know, Iowa State getting matched up with Iowa potentially down the line there. I don't know how much you could have done about that, but um, like, I feel like the Big 12 should be pretty happy with the draws that they got in general. You know, it's tough because this is a year where it's really hard to say that you're thrilled with any draw because so many teams are really good. You know, you've got a couple games like I'm excited to watch outside the Big 12, Kentucky and Princeton. You've got Kentucky who snuck in because they went on a tear down the stretch against Princeton, who's been amazing in their league this year. So you're still kind of trying to gauge how good of a team they are. You've got a team like Florida Gulf Coast who has – you know, a, a terrific winning streak this season. And so they're kind of underseated. But as far as, you know, your your typical giant killers, um, the Big 12 has has somewhat escaped that. You know, having both Baylor and Texas on the two lines certainly helps with that. I don't really anticipate Baylor having much issue with Hawaii. I don't really anticipate Texas having much issue with Fairfield. Um, as far as Iowa State goes, um, I, I will say I don't adore the potential, you know, let's let's say we're going chalk first round, you get into the second round and you're playing a team like Georgia who has a really, really strong inside presence. It's not the best matchup Iowa State has, but they've played it plenty of times this year in the Big 12 that, you know, I I can see them figuring something out. And so um, that's obviously a really great team there. For Texas, when you'd be facing a team like Utah or Arkansas, and I do think that'll be a close game. I really the thing that we're going to have to see is something again I talked about over on the live and something that we've seen in the past where the Big 12 both men's and women's leagues is physical in a different way than the rest of the country okay so the things that teams get away with in the Big 12 don't swing in other conferences and you know that's obviously I I work with I'm a fan of a team that plays on the less physical side of things but that's literally not what this is about it's a it's about just the objective fact of watching a bunch of different conferences play and so what we've seen in the past is we saw we saw with you know Baylor and some of their heydays where they they absolutely steamroll the big 12 they do really really well in conference and you go and you get in foul trouble in the postseason. And so for a team like Texas, who is the most physical in the Big 12 and it's not close, you could see maybe some issues arise there. And even for Baylor, with how well they've been playing, we saw some really interesting kind of cracks exposed in the Big 12 tournament where all of a sudden 
man, that seven-person rotation, they're really, really talented. But when you're playing several games in close succession and or you get in any foul trouble whatsoever, what do you do from there? Because as much as I'm sure the next players on their bench will eventually be really strong contributors for their team, they're not there yet. They are absolutely not ready to go into that game. And obviously I'm not there in practice, but coach Colin has made it very clear that no matter what happens, she is trying to avoid that eighth player going into the game if she can avoid it in any situation. So I'm super, super interested to see how that goes. Uh, Ole Miss would be an interesting second round matchup with Baylor. Uh, they've got, they've got some, some similar kind of players. And then if it ended up going that far, I would love to see Baylor against Michigan because, oh, what an interesting matchup that would be. Yeah, it definitely has the potential to be one of the more interesting Sweet 16 matchups, I think, from from the limited knowledge I have of the women's game. But yes. to, to answer one of your questions, like what happens, you know, when you have players getting foul trouble, what you have to do is you really just have to hope that, you know, you get a little bit of help from sponsoring her on the podcast with the home field magic. Yes. Home field. <laughs> home field is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. Uh, you know, they have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, a whole bunch more right now. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be, well, no, I'm sorry. There'll be about 24 hours left. They are actually doing mystery boxes right now over at home field where they will take random stuff from throughout the warehouse, whatever you actually order. So you can get like three t-shirts for $45. You can get like a t-shirt and a fleece for, I believe it's like $60. There's, there's a lot of different options. If you head on over to homefieldapparel.com right now, you can take a look at all the mystery boxes they have available. They are available until I believe it is tip off of the first game. So noon on Thursday of the men's tournament, um, head on over there. You can use promo code CHALK12 to get 15% off your entire first order. All orders over $100 of free shipping. I don't actually know if the promo code works with those mystery boxes, but if you happen to head on over there after those are done or you decide you don't want to get those, you want to know exactly what you're getting, use that promo code. You can save that 15%. They have a fantastic Kansas line, great Iowa State line. In fact, every single Big 12 team that is in the – I'm sorry, no – not enough of them. There are four Big 12 teams that are in the the NCAA women's tournament that actually have home field. Baylor, Texas, Iowa State, and Kansas. So you can rep any of those any of those schools by getting that order. And unfortunately, I don't think it'll be there in time unless these teams make the second weekend and you happen to get it nice and quick. But it's still great to go. Get a little bit of home field magic for yourself. And I know I have a bunch of stuff from a whole bunch of different teams. It's worth it, even if there's nothing specific for your team that you're getting. But head on over to, to homefieldapparel.com. Promo code CHALK12 gets you 15% off your entire first order. And all orders over $100 get free shipping. All right, Jamie, I do want to turn over to the Kansas stuff really quick. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. Yeah. Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt Isver. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan Abair, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a. It's going to be a great. Sorry, Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between two... Okay, uh, Evan. Evan's going to go take a nap. Um, 
but we are excited to join the 1012 network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 network on Twitter and us as well at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, em Bears. And we're back here with Jamie Steyer Johnson. Uh, the let's, oh gosh, there's so many different things. I always stumble over because I was like, which one do I say first? 10 12 podcast co host with me over on Monday episodes and of course, Iowa State women's bo- basketball uh, broadcaster. So, Jamie, looking specifically at Kansas because Kansas, you know, I, I always forget who this was originally attributed to, but a lot of coaches will tell you, you think about these as, you know, two game tournaments. Um, so in Kansas's tournament, it's Georgia Tech in the first round, and then either the winner of Stanford or, or Montana State, and let's be completely honest, it's going to be Stanford, um, in, in that second round there. So you got to win that little tournament, but really quick, kind of like, well, not super high level, but what, what are you looking at in that Kansas-Georgia Tech game that you think is most important for Kansas fans to be aware of going into that game? Well, Georgia Tech is a team that's had some really, really good game some really good wins this year they've got uh, a, a finalist for defensive player of the year in Lorla Cubage and she I mean she's 6'4 she's real athletic she's great around the rim um, but she can defend a little bit outside of the paint as well really really talented you've got Latamaj Lotnin who has a great name to start out with and is a terrific guard out on the perimeter and then you've got Dina Stroutman who came over from Syracuse and that just <laughs> unreal mass exodus of players over there and she's the kind of person who you think oh you know this team has someone like Kubage who's 6-4 and can defend the rim and then all of a sudden you also have another you know 6-5 player and so um you're you're definitely gonna need some good I guess she's six two but she plays bigger I'll put it that way she plays a lot bigger she has long 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 arms she her wingspan's probably closer to six four and so she is she's impressive they've got some really impressive players um but you have Tiana Jackson who I think can kind of out strong can out muscle some of them down low um see what you can get there and so it's it's gonna be really really interesting because as you get into the big 12 season you know I've talked about this a lot you see some interesting results because teams get figured out by each other and so all of a sudden you're going into the postseason and you have people who maybe don't have you figured out as much. And so I think for a team like Kansas, who does have so many different scoring weapons who they can identify, all right, we might not have the advantage at one position, but we do feel like we have the advantage at this other position. That's something I think that they have in common with Iowa State, where they're very smart players, they play very scout oriented, like that's very, very clear in the way that they play. Those are the kind of teams that do have postseason success. And so I think that Texas or excuse me, Kansas, I don't know where my mind is. I think that Kansas is going to be um, 
finding production from sources outside of their top one or two. You know, Holly Kurzgeter may not drop 20 points, but maybe maybe Franklin does or, you know, Hatsleonte might because she's flown kind of under the radar for a portion of this season as well. And so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see who it is that steps up because someone will have to. Georgia Tech's a really, really good team, but I absolutely think that they have the potential to take over the game. It's just about who executes better. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, looking at what Georgia Tech does, they, they do have quite a few players that are, you know, at least potentially formidable for the, mm-hmm. for the Jayhawks here. But I'm, ha- I'm struggling to find a particular player that I just don't know what Kansas is going to do against them. Right. Right. Like, Tiana Jackson is very well positioned to handle some of the people down low. Chandler Prater is someone that can step in and yes. really help down in the post. Hatsaleonti is doing a fantastic job this year playing both high and low against a lot of different types of opponents. And so, um, you know, and, and we even saw, you know, Anaya Thomas coming out in the fourth quarter of the game against Oklahoma inside of the Big 12 tournament, and she just went absolutely ballistic. And so it's one mm-hmm. of those things where there are definitely a lot of different things that I could see. Kansas turning to if their first thing isn't successful. The other thing that really jumps out to me is just the fact that Georgia Tech, for, you know, as good as some of their players are, they really have been struggling down the stretch. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know, or I should say that my impression of the ACC, not watching them, you know, super closely, is that they are a solid, but not a killer conference this year. Um, nowhere near like the Big 12. And so really like what, like you look and, and, Georgia Tech, you know, the only teams they beat down the stretch were Clemson and then Wake Forest twice. Um, mm-hmm. Wake Forest is four and 14 in conference. So like yeah. they had problems against the better teams in the conference, uh, similar to the way the Kansas did, but you know, Kansas was definitely more competitive in those games than, than what we're seeing from, from Georgia Tech. So I feel like it, it probably slants towards Kansas. Kansas should be favored in this game. Of course, the lines won't come out until the morning of, but. I definitely we might get them the night before the lines for as we're recording this on the 15th, the lines for the first four games on the 16th are already out. Oh, so wow. I, well, that would be I fantastic. Think, I think the expansion of the big books carrying the NCAA tournament means that we're seeing them earlier, which is great. Like, that's a huge mm-hmm. thing to be able to look at those earlier and just to know. Oh, yeah, Especially when sure. they start early in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, and, and if you are one of those people that want to bet on the games, being able to actually get those bets in bef- like more than just 10 minutes before tip off is a fantastic yeah. thing. So, yeah. um, but, but specifically looking at like at, at, uh, Georgia Tech here, like I don't know that there's anything that I don't, that, that I think Kansas can't handle. Like this is one yeah. where it's going to be a tough game. I fully expect this to be an entertaining game going down the stretch. But I am extremely confident that Kansas is going to be able to win this game and move on. Um, you know, the the only thing I'd be worried about is kind of what you were talking about. If, you know, if Kansas's ability to play physical, um, you know, gets them into foul trouble. Now, the one thing I will say is I do think Kansas, of all the teams in the Big 12, was the one that was best equipped to change the style of play kind of mid-game. To go from a physical game to a not quite as physical and kind of more outside shooting or more of a finesse type game. Um, than most other teams in the Big 12 were and kind of shift back and forth. So I think that they can adjust to the way that the game's being officiated fairly well, uh, you know, as long as certain key players aren't just completely out because of, I mean, but, but like we saw Tyana Jackson get two quick fouls against Kansas State, right? And mm-hmm. Kansas was able to, yes, they struggled against Ayoka Lee and on the inside when that game happened, 
but they were able to make those adjustments and kind of keep Kansas State from going absolutely crazy before they could get Tyana Jackson back in. So I, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any means, but I definitely feel extremely confident about Kansas' ability to move on. So absolutely, I agree. And you, you mentioned, you know, Tyana Jackson, you've proven you can adjust while she is foul. And the other big person that you're going to want to focus on as far as seeing how they're adjusting, seeing how they're officiated would, of course, be Chandler Prater, just as far as being an enforcer on defense. She's someone who will be able to give opponents, players, absolute fits. Uh, but she does play really physical. And so I think she's a smart player. I think she is uh, really a- able to adjust but you have to step up to that plate so I'm really intrigued to see how she does right off the bat in that tournament yeah for sure so let's operate under the assumption that Kansas does move on um you know looking ahead to that Stanford game like what are the things to kind of keep an eye on there it's it's obviously a tall task to think that they can upset Stanford but what kind of things would have to happen um or I should say what does Stanford do that Kansas would have to watch out for if they are upset-minded for that game? Look, Stanford's an incredibly versatile team. They have every piece that you want. They have height. They have finesse. They have really talented guards. There's not one or two people that you can latch onto and say, well, if you shut them down, you're good. You know, that's just not the reality of their team. And so much of their team does run through Haley Jones, who's, I mean, was amazing last year and even better this year. Just extremely talented. She's 6'1". She can post up. She can play on the perimeter. You know, that matchup would be really, really key because you talk about, you know, mismatches. She is someone who can create a mismatch in almost anyone she's guarding. If you put someone quick enough out there to guard her, half the time she's going to be bigger than them and she can post up. And if you put someone big enough to guard her in the post, chances are they're going to have a hard time guarding her outside of the paint. And so she's someone who's really difficult. And then you just have a laundry list of talented guards. Like it's almost unbelievable. You've got Anna Wilson, you have... Lexi and Lacey Hull, you have, I mean, obviously, like I said, Haley Jones, Hannah Jump is just name after name that if you follow women's basketball outside of the Big 12, odds are you, you've you heard these names. And then it's just you you go to the bench and it doesn't stop. They've got Fran Believey who comes off the bench. She's 6'1 and she can dunk it. Like she's just an unreal athlete. And then to cap it all off, you have a rim protector in Cameron Brink, who's 6'4. She's she's real slender, uh, but she's got a lot of touch, a lot of finesse around the hoop. And so for Kansas, you got to be ready for anything. You've got to throw something weird at them. You're not going to go out there and probably just match up five on five playing man and win the game. Like, I think they're a talented team, but you've got to do something different. And so that might be switching up your defenses a lot and throwing junk out there. Maybe, you know, going a, going a, a three with guarding two man to man, you know, you, you've got to do something different. And then on offense, you have to be really, really efficient because the athleticism of Stanford means that, they're not going to be too worried about mismatches either, but 
I do think that with how many scores Kansas has, they have the ability to find spots, but you have to be really, really smart about running your offense. You know, they, they've got so much talent. It's if you can catch kind of an off day for Stanford and you execute your stuff really, really well, you know, anything's possible, but it's not a great matchup at a lot of spots. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I feel like it's the sweet spot for Kansas fans, right? Like there is no, there's literally no expectation that you make it to the second weekend yes. because you are playing in Stanford against Stanford, the overall number two seed in the tournament. Um, they do so many different things well, but knowing that you have players that have been able to do so many different things and play in so many different roles, it does make it difficult. Like Kansas is definitely an opponent that it's difficult to game plan for, especially on only two days. Right. So like, mm-hmm. yes, I, I think that if, if there are, a, if there is a team that can do it effectively, not having seen the Jayhawks before in a really long time, it would be a team like Stanford because the coaching staff they have is, is fantastic. But yeah. I think if Kansas is going to be able to pull an upset here, it's going to require, I think two different things. One, you're going to have to have Chandler Prater and Iowana Hudson, you know, driving, and, you know, either kicking out from there for open threes, like you, you have to be able to get the defense to collapse on the drivers, which means they have to have some success early driving the ball um, down in the lane and, and, you know, going, going to the bucket, slashing in. Um, and then you kick it out to the people that are, you know, absolutely killer from the outside. So you need Julie Brousseau to be on. You need Anaya Thomas to be on. You need Holly mm-hmm. Kersgier all to be on from three. Um, you know, I, I didn't even talk about Sky Franklin because she she probably is more of a slasher as well there. In that sort of game plan, um, the, the problem that Kansas had recently is that they have gone completely ice cold from three at the most inopportune times. You cannot have that against Stanford. Um, you don't, you don't need to be shooting 80%, but you can't have a stretch where you're only shooting 20% from three, especially if you're taking a good portion of them to try to stay in the game. So I think that's really what it comes down to is that Kansas can't just can't afford to have an off night. And they need to make sure that they are varying their offense enough that Stanford can't just lock in on the one thing that's going well for them. Yes, absolutely. That's that's really the key. You you kind of nailed it right there. You have to have multiple different plans in place and you go to whatever's working at the time and be ready for that to stop working and try something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a discussion sometime in the offseason. I always find it funny when people talk about zone defense or like those mixed defenses as junk. Um but we don't have time for that to get into that sort of philosophical, philosophical discussion. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> but no, um, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. Any final thoughts you want to leave people with before we kick off this fantastic NCAA women's tournament action? Oh, gosh, I'm just so, so excited to be there again. Uh, obviously, Abe's hosting the first two rounds, plus one of the first ever first four games. Uh, it really doesn't get any better than that. Uh, I'll be excited to watch. I think I can watch all of the uh, the women's teams from the Big 12. Uh, I didn't even m- mention K-State before, but they've got an 8-9 game. That'll be really interesting. I'll, I'll be excited to see them because, like I said, uh, Big 12 teams kind of figure each other out down the stretch. And so I'll be really excited to see them in another out-of-conference opponent. Um, but yeah, I, I, gosh, I love the tournament. I'm excited to get to watch basketball. I'm excited to talk a lot of betting since it expands onto the big apps during, uh, the tournament. And then we'll just, we'll see, hopefully I'm working really deep into it. (laughs) That's kind of the hope there. For sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's great to see all the additional coverage. You know, it's, it's, it was painful during 
uh, during all of the pandemic cancellations and everything, but you know, and as ridiculous as it was last year to find out just how big the disparities were, um, it's been, you know, huge silver lining for that to be brought to light and for people to actually start paying attention more and for the networks to really be pushing some of this stuff that they weren't previously. So, um, there's definitely an appetite for all of the women's stuff. I'm glad to be part of the additional extra coverage of it. And I'm glad that there's so many other outlets that are super interested in it. So, um, yeah, but that is going to do it for us today. Thank you, Jamie, so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts. There's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcasts so you can subscribe, get every single episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely fantastic. But if not, for whatever reason, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.com on twitter at rockchalkpod uh you know we are part of the 1012 network jamie's fantastic cyclone family podcast is on there make sure you go listen the stuff has been absolutely fantastic and for those of you that are like me that want to hear the ins and outs like the inside baseball type of stuff you know that's one of the better places to get it because of all the fantastic guests that she gets so um but 1012 network over on twitter will get you links to all the great shows including jamie's make sure you guys check it out uh, we are on the Anchor platform. She can leave us a voicemail. Uh, just go to anchor.fm slash rock-talk-podcast slash message, and I promise we'll get your voice on the show. But uh, that is going to do it for us today. Make sure you visit our sponsor, Homefield Apparel, 15% off your entire first order with Chalk 12. It's promo code. But thank you so much for joining me, Jamie. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.